Hey everybody, this is Pastor George. Now, as you're getting into this particular series of podcasts, I want to thank you for coming back and joining us. It's been uh, it's been a, a long time since I've been able to do midweek podcasts, but I think it's time to get back to business. Now, this particular set of uh, set of podcasts, this this series of conversations here with my friend Jose, the very first one we did, I didn't realize that um, my my voice was being picked up in his microphone, so it created a little bit of an issue. So I had to do some creative editing in there. So if you hear some wonky audio in there a little bit, it's okay. That problem has been fixed. It won't bother us in the future, but wanted to let you know going into this one, it's not your speaker. That was my fault. So I hope you enjoyed the content. Lord bless you. Some of the people, some of the teachings that we sit under mm-hmm. um, as younger Christians, and some of the you know some of the messages that we hear are not they're not from an unsincere heart, mm-hmm. but they're also wrong. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're just not there, you know? Totally. Yeah, people might, people may really want that to be true, but that does not make it true, yeah. you know? You're like, you can speak something, you speak that into existence. No, you know? You need to speak to something that isn't as though it is. That's not what that passage means, you know? You need to be the, you need to be the David in your life, you know? And you need to, to beat those Sauls. It's like, you're not David! <laughs> you know? Yes. My my crappy job performance is not my Goliath. No, no, <laughs> or my attitude or whatever. Yeah. yeah, you know, and and so much of that stuff. But at the same time, understanding that what makes us charismatics is still is still there. Mm-hmm. You know, the gifts of the Spirit, the reality of our reliance on the Holy Spirit, um, the offices. Yes. You know, the five folds of ministry. One of the one of the key points of cessationism. Mm-hmm. Is uh, so. If you're not familiar with the term cessationism, there are two basic camps within the cessationist movement. Um, there's cessationism, and then there's continuationism. Mm-hmm. And a continuationist, which is what what we are, mm-hmm. believes that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are are still fully available today, as they were before. Um, and we'll talk about that at, at another time. Um, but a uh, at the same time, the offices of the ministry—apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher—are still. They're still operational today. And a cessationist, probably 90 plus percent of cessationists do believe that, that God still, you know, uh, that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are still in, in work today, mm-hmm. but they're not in the lives of individuals. Right. Um, which honestly I would agree with. And I would say that that's always been the way it's right. been. Um, you know, the, but we'll, we'll talk about that another time. But what they, what they say is that what they call the apostolic gifts. Yes. Apostle, prophet, healing, mm-hmm. uh, like being a healer right. is not in existence today, which is kind of funny because I've never, I've never believed that anyone was a healer. Right. You know, I believe they were led of the spirit mm-hmm. to bring the gift of healing to someone who needed right. it. Agreed. You know, I've never met anyone, uh, even through scripture that who was just like, well, I, I have the gift of healing. The mm-hmm. Holy Spirit heals everyone that I yeah. tell him to heal. No, he doesn't. No. That's not how that works. Uh-uh. You know, um, but, uh, but they say that the apostles and prophets no longer exist today. Mm-hmm. But now when you ask them about that, you know, why is that? Almost everyone will say the same thing, uh, because it was declared by uh, like Augustine and others mm-hmm. that those gifts church are no fathers, longer, yeah. yeah, the church fathers, those gifts are no longer in use today. Um, and, and my thought is, um, I was not saved by Augustine. No. <laughs> you know, um, I'm not, my authority is not uh-huh. Augustine. Um, you know, my authority is not Calvin. Right. You know, my authority is the word, is the, sure. is the word of God. Yes. And, the, um, if scripture says that these are given to you to, um, uh, these gifts are given, um, to, uh, to teach and train the body for the work mm-hmm. of the ministry, um, well then the, 
that still exists. Exactly. That tells me that exactly. apostles and prophets are still in existence uh-huh. today. Uh, I just, I think we just look at them differently. Right. You know, uh, I think, honestly, I think the dark ages really did a lot of damage to the, mm-hmm. to the way the church functions in its type mm-hmm. of hierarchy and, yep. you know, the way the population around the world has changed. We don't, we don't structure ourselves the same way, but I still think, you know, some of the people who would say, like, um, for existence, like John MacArthur would never say, would very staunchly say apostles don't exist today, uh-huh. which is really funny because I would apostle. refer to him as an apostle. I agree. Uh, you know, or apostolic, right. you know, um, he's not someone who I would follow all the way because no, there's sure. plenty that, plenty that he, he goes to that I, I just can't. Yeah. Um, but his calling is very apostolic, mm-hmm. you know, um, and there are other people like Chris Rosebro mm-hmm. who I would say offer works in a, a very similar a role as an Old Testament prophet. Mm-hmm. Old Testament prophets were very much into discernment, mm-hmm. into leading people back to the to the yep. to the rightness of God. Um, but he would never take on that on, on no. that role because oh that God. involves He'd a run. title. He'd run from it, yeah, yeah, you know. But those are the people who should have the roles, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to other people who are self self declared yeah. apostles. The, the, the card with the name yeah. on it, the apostle so and so, yeah, yeah. You can you can you can now go to online apostolic affirmation schools, you know. <laughs> Just for fifteen hundred dollars, you can become an apostle. Like, uh, you know what? I don't think it works that way. Yeah, you know, you uh, or what is it? Uh, prophetic training schools. Oh my gosh! You know, they come up right along the same. Like, you go to Google, and at some point in time, there's also the Learn Klingon School. You know, and it's because that's about as useful as they are. Yeah, it's just insane. Well, I think you, know? you have to buy one of those prophetic pillows if you put your head on <laughs> the pillow. You can prophesy. Yes, this is a yeah. real thing. <laughs> There's yep. a thing called the prophecy pillow that yeah. you lay on it and have dreams or prophetic dreams. So God help them. You may have mispronounced that. Pathetic dreams. Yes, pathetic yes. dreams. That's yes, what I meant. Yes. <laughs> it just gets insane. But but people gravitate to that mm-hmm. stuff because we we want it, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I don't I don't know if it's I, I don't know if the if the main issue with a lot of the charismatic false teaching is that we just crave power. I agree. I think, you know? I, I honestly, I think whether it's a, from a source of pride or generally wanting to be used by God yeah. to do that kind of thing, but still you've got to come back to the scripture and see what the root of that is and go from there, not yeah. from your feelings or your desires. You have to come in line with scripture and let your desires be the same as God's desire. Yeah. I heard someone telling me once, I said, you know, I, I know that you may not agree with this, but I know that, you know, I was reading through scripture and I, I just, I just felt God telling me that just like it, just like Jesus had said in Isaiah that it is, the, this is the time where the, the Lord has, has called me and appointed me to preach good news. And that scripture's for me. And I'm like, no, it wasn't. It, it wasn't for you then. It's not for you now. It was about Jesus. You know, like, oh. You're a killjoy. Well, that's whatever, you know? Yeah, you're you want, Jesus. You want to get excited about something. Get excited for the truth. Don't right. get excited for right. the nonsense. Mm-hmm. But we love the nonsense. We really do. We just find it so fun that, you know, we can, we can get together and we can, we can do crazy things, yeah. you know, and I can, I can touch your head and you'll fall over uh-huh. and I can, uh, you know, um, uh, what is it I was listening to a little while ago? Um, oh, we were, we were at the, uh, uh, this was part of the Asbury revival and, uh, they were saying, yeah, we were there and limbs were regrowing. Uh huh. Now, <laughs> I would just like to put this out there. If anyone knows of anyone whose limb grew that, back. 
please oh. give me – I need to talk to this person. I would literally love to be proved wrong on that one. I, I, absolutely. <laughs> don't, don't think I'm going to be. No, you know? no. Um, you know, and, and, and when they were uh, – when some of the people were saying that, they were questioned on it. And they're like, so what do you mean? And then they, they totally went off in yeah. another in another direction. You know, like, And having someone with a broken arm not feel pain in their arm anymore is not a limb growing back. Right. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. My ankle was sprained and then it wasn't. Okay, your leg didn't grow back, you know? It's like all of a sudden everyone's Todd White. You have two, your legs, one leg shorter than the other. That's because that's how everyone is built, buddy. It's just nuts. It just gets so crazy. But we want that, like somehow we want people to believe that God obeys us, you know? Instead of, instead of, you know, at, at some point in time everyone's going to bump into humility, you know? And it's rather not we recognize it, you know? And uh, I find it a lot easier to just listen and do what God says than try to figure out what's supposed to happen and then tell God what I want. It's, it's, it's just mm-hmm. insane. And if we, could, if we could just get back to that idea of radical obedience, yes, you know, I think we would see, you know, not just more manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. I think we'd see authentic ones. Authentic. There you go. You know, as opposed to these manufactured miracles, you know, gold, gold dust raining out of the air conditioning oh, system. Um, yeah, because that wasn't glitter. Um, no. you know, uh, gold dust coming out of people's mouth, gold fillings just appearing. <laughs> you know, like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, no, 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 it really did. Okay. Okay. I need to go to the dentist and see this. You know, I'd, I'd like to see the before right, and after exactly. x-rays. You know, just, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm a little hypercritical, but come mm-hmm. on. You know, uh, but, I I mean, but we know as we read the, the New Testament authors, large portions of their texts have to do with discernment, weighing yeah. truth against falsehood, and the last days becoming this uh, false teachings becoming more and more rampant. Yeah, and more de- and people being deceived and falling away from the faith and chasing after signs and wonders and all this kind of stuff has yeah. been pro- that's been prophesied in the scripture. Yeah, that's the prophecy we do need to pay attention to and. Because of that, we need to study to show ourselves approved. Yeah. So we can tell the true from the false. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And, and instead of getting caught up yeah. in these, in these mixing of religions, yeah. you know, there's a ton of, uh, um, I can't remember the, I can't remember the guy's name, but he wrote the book, The Second Coming of the New Age, Stephen Bankars. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he was one of the leaders in the New Age movement mm-hmm. and his, he, he became a Christian. And the first thing that he noticed was how much the modern day hyper charismatic mm-hmm. Christian movement is adopting these these power moves mm-hmm. by the by by the new age, and we're just rolling this stuff into our own uh, into our own theology as though we're reclaiming lost authority mm-hmm. somehow. And it, it becomes very very frightening to think that the church can go that way that fast, mm-hmm. you know. But when you have people. You know, honestly, you have people like Andy Stanley and people yeah. like Bill Johnson yeah. who are regularly teaching things like you don't need to, uh, to understand the Bible to mm-hmm. be used by God, which there's a, there's a small amount of truth to that, yeah. but you know, um, uh, Bill Johnson's big quote is that, you know, it's not Father, Son, and Holy Bible. Mm-hmm. You know, so what you really need is, is, is the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it, it sounds so good. It does. Until you realize the Holy Spirit said, you know, when it's the, that same Bible says, check every, every, yep. uh, every spirit against, yeah. uh, whether or not it confesses and Christ. One of the, one of our favorite quotes as, uh, Pentecostals, charismatics is, we don't want to put God in a box. Yeah. 
But God is limited to his word. Yeah. There is a box God does have limits in. Yeah. He made it himself. He made it. He wrote it himself. He <laughs> yeah. set his own limits. Yep. Even though that's far beyond anything we can grasp yep. as human as human beings made in the image of God, but we are not God. Yep. But we do have his word to base everything off of, and we yeah. need to be in there to know when someone's going off the rails. Yep. And then lovingly, especially if we know them, loving lovingly grab them on the shoulder, say, hey, I love you, but you're getting yeah. a little crazy here. Yeah, and and helping people understand that just because they see something that looks like the power of God, right. it does not mean that they're closer to God. Exactly. Matthew seven twenty one twenty two tells us that you know uh, how many will tell me on the la- many will say on the last days, mm-hmm. you know, did we not? And and what does he say? Did we not prophesy, drive out demons, perform right. perform many miracles? Jesus never said no. Right. You know, so these are people who believe they're Christians. And their belief in their Christianity is based on what they see happening in their hand, in their own hands. Right. And Jesus says, I don't know you. Mm-hmm. That is one of the most terrifying verses of scripture that I can, that I can imagine, mm-hmm. you know, because we think, we arrogantly think that the Holy Spirit is the only spirit that can empower us mm-hmm. to do, to do things on earth. Right. You know, and I think I mean, this is going to, this will, this will sound a little bit crazy and we'll elaborate on this at another time. <laughs> if, if the devil, if to keep me away from God, if all the devil has to do is use me in ways that le- that might lead other people to God, he'll do it. Yeah, you know, if if bringing a healing to, to and so you think about it, a legitimate believer mm-hmm. seeking a healing from God, and I have prayed for people, and there have I have I have I have witnessed healings. Mm-hmm. It's been it's been amazing, and if all God all the devil has to do is to to keep me away from God is to be used in that believer's life that mm-hmm. actual believer's life there's no loss mm-hmm. you know that person is still a believer yeah. and i'm still not uh-huh. you know i don't see any reason right. why the devil would not do that i mean you hear testimonies like people people saying i asked god to tell me uh, to sh- to prove to me that my view is right and that you know i don't have to accept christ as savior and i asked that someone would give me a uh, a rose. I remember reading this testimony, oh and so someone gave that person a rose. Do you not think <laughs> the devil can't use someone? It's like, go give that person a rose. Yeah, it's like if that's all it takes, oh you know. But we we just think that because I've laid my fleece out before God. Oh my gosh, fleecing God isn't a sign of courage. No. That wasn't a high point in Gideon's no, life. <laughs> you know, it's not something we want to to uh, uh, um, to, to emulate. We're supposed to have faith without God having right. to prove himself. Right. You know, it gets, it gets insane. Um, but we just think we're so smart. Uh-huh. You know, it's pride. Honestly, I think it's pride. We just, we get so, I wouldn't deceive anybody. I wouldn't say anything wrong knowingly, you know, but it's pride. We need to <laughs> humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord, you know, and yep. that's when we, when we, and that's what a lot of these discernment podcasts made me do. Yep. It made me listen to subjects that I thought were right, listen to them under the light of Scripture, compare yeah. them to Scripture, and says, okay, I still believe this, but I need to bring this part into check. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah, I might want this to be true, but can can I justify this with book, chapter, and verse mm-hmm. without misinterpreting that right. book, chapter, and verse? <laughs> right. You know, so when did you... So what area would you say was the first place where you started going oh no this this is off 
you know, and I'll, I'll say specifically about Bethel Church because we're going to be focusing mm-hmm. a lot on them. What part of, you know, everyone loved Bill Johnson. Everyone loved yeah. Jesus culture. No one, no one ever wants to speak bad about them. Mm-hmm. Um, which I, I, I can't figure out why because bad teaching is just bad teaching. Yes. Um, you know, when you're, when you're wrong, you're wrong. Uh-huh. Own it, you know, but so where, wh- what part of that first got you thinking, Oh, oh no. Honestly, I think it's the whole idea of creating an atmosphere for the Holy Spirit to move. I would, I used to be a youth pastor. I used to take him to these huge Acquire the Fire events, stadiums filled with teenagers, yep. genuinely on fire for God. And it would just, it would just be this atmosphere. You think this, this atmosphere would be someplace God can move, you know? And it's like, but then you realize maybe you were genuinely open to the Lord, but nobody else was. So you got touched from God and you're judging them because they weren't touched from God. They're in the same atmosphere as you were, but they got a yep. different response. And then like, I'd notice like, I would, I used to like make a song, a worship song, an altar song. And I always wanted the same, emo- <laughs> I always wanted the same emotional reaction from that song every time I heard it. Yep. And that maybe happened three times, but then I was chasing an emotion. Yeah. Holy Spirit, you, you are, are welcome, welcome here. <laughs> exactly. You're chasing and you're chasing an uh, a moment, an emotion, something that is deceptive. And yeah. then you realize, you know, when Jesus says, "When I go away, it's for your benefit, because you'll have the Comforter in you." Yeah. So now, when I'm driving in my car. Or in the shower, or doing whatever menial task I do. I'm at work in the middle of a shift, doing my thing. The same Holy Spirit is right there with me at that mm-hmm. moment, no matter what I'm doing. Yep. It, I didn't have to be in a building. Yep. I didn't have to have the right music. I didn't have to have fog lights and smoke machines and all this kind of stuff to have a moment with God. Yeah. Yep. I can. Fat George, yeah. I've I've been in an aisle working and listening to the Holy Spirit encouraging him in my heart, and I would stop dead in my tracks and have to worship God because he touched yeah. me in that moment. Yeah. You know, you're, and you're stocking stuff at Walmart with your headphones on, trying yeah. to trying hoping no one sees you cry. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> yeah. This Gatorade is very anointed. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but I but I know true, but Bethel makes such a huge issue of atmosphere. Yeah. It's an, it's not worship. It's a worship experience. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I yep. and you don't need that to have a moment with God. You don't yep. have you don't have to have that stuff to have a mo- uh, an intimate experience with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. To minister to you. Yeah. Bill that- Johnson has actually gone on the record talking about how they they have been trying to create a platform that can be taken to other places that will create. The situation where where where, uh, where it's a duplicatable duplicatable process, oh where the Holy Spirit can be can be ushered in and can be accessed, <sighs> you know, to uh, to create these environments where people can can receive from God, and that is that is not Christianity. No, you know? not at all. Yeah, that's false. No, yep. Christianity is. I mean, real authentic Christianity is not. It's not on Sunday mornings and it's not in a building. Nope. You know, I, I, I tell people in the church all the time that, that their faith is proven from Sunday afternoon to Saturday night. Exactly. You know, Sunday's the easy day. Yeah. You know, 
people ask me all the time, um, you know, as a pastor, where do I get my, you know, um, uh, do I take the rest of Sunday and, and not do anything? Is that my Sabbath? Like, like theirs is. And I'm like, well, no, I mean, you don't, you don't realize I don't show up at 955, you know, and then just, you know, and then, and then work for two hours and then I'm good. I'm, I'm here at seven o'clock. I'm getting stuff ready and I'm almost always the last person to leave mm-hmm. a couple of hours after church yeah. has ended, you know? And, and so, you know, no, no, Sunday's not, it's not a day off, mm-hmm. you know, it is for everybody else, but it's a work day for, yeah. for people in ministry. But it's also the easiest work day of the week, yes. you know. Yes. I tell people all I, you know, I all I really have to do is go to church, and I get to speak, uh-huh. you know. So it's 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 not a drain. It's a it's it's joy. Yes. But at the same time, that is only a day, mm-hmm. you know. And so the rest of the week is where faith really happens. Right. You know, that's where that's where that's where the bulk of ministry happens. Mm-hmm. That's where the bulk of prayer happens, mm-hmm. where the bulk of Bible reading and Bible Absolutely. study happens. Absolutely. You know, if uh if Sunday is the main day for a Christian, they really need to evaluate their mm-hmm. faith because they're they're missing something. Right. You know, there's a there's a huge piece of the puzzle missing, you know, and you think sometimes, you know, both of us know this, there are huge pieces of time where Sunday simply cannot be the day mm-hmm. because we live in a career-driven world yeah. that will not allow it to be the mm-hmm. day. So your faith has to take on on a, on a, a different, different view. Yeah. And people get mad about stuff mm-hmm. like that. Well, no, the Christians at work Sunday are just not real Christians. Um, they might be Christians who want a house, food, <laughs> you know. Right? Yeah, you know, it's just the the world is not. We don't live in a theocracy, uh-huh. right? You know, and and if we did, what a horrible place that would be, <laughs> right? You know. But, uh, you know, we live in a, we live in a place where we are still connected to society. Mm-hmm. You know, whether we want it, whether we like it or not is irrelevant. Mm-hmm. You know, our, our days are still our days and we, we have to figure out how to be Christians on the days where we don't feel very Christian-y. Very true. <laughs> yeah. We feel anything but, but yeah. it's not by feelings, it's by faith. No, exactly. But you see, you asked me when did I realize that? Yeah. Um, it was Chris Roseborough's podcast when he, he would point it out. So, did you just like find him randomly? I was I, when I when I first got my iPod, I uh-huh. discovered what an iP- a podcast was. So I started listening to a couple of like Jay Sekulow Live. You know the the Christian. Okay, what lawyer. version iPod was it? It was the second generation. It was early on. So like the thin, yep. tall ones yep. with the little screen. Yes, sir. Oh, wow, <laughs> man, I was a master. I was a master of solitaire. Uh, yeah, big time. Uh, and. Uh, and I, I just I started listening to the podcast called uh, Stand Up for the Truth, which is based out of Wisconsin, and it was great. And the, that they'd be have uh, special spe- guest speakers on there. And one time, yeah. Chris Roseboro was one of the guest speakers on on the podcast. So I started listening to his stuff, and he'd make me so mad. <laughs> he would make me so angry, stupid Calvinist, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And then he just started, st- but he I would compare because I wanted to be, I wanted to be able to hear something that contradicted what I thought and be able to make a defense against it. Yep. You know, so that's where I was coming from listening to him. But then he started talking about stuff like, oh my gosh, he's right. Yeah. And one of the things he was talking about was the atmosphere, the, the created atmosphere and the worship experiences and stuff like that. And I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, he is hitting the nail on the head with this one. Yeah. And it made me see where I was. I'm like, oh my gosh, I am wrong. Yeah. I am dead wrong with this. Yep. There's an unfortunate truth that you're never right until you're challenged. <laughs> yeah. 
You know, if yeah. you can't if you can't defend your position, then you don't actually know your position, mm-hmm. and that's annoying. It is, you know, but it is it is so necessary for Christians to come to that place where they realize they have got we as 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 New Testament believers and as is believers in the age of information, mm-hmm. we are so ignorant of our own beliefs. Mm-hmm. It's 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 just it's mind numbing mm-hmm. how much we think we know and we don't. You know, I do, I do classes every now and then, like, uh, I did a hermeneutics class and, and this lady is not going to get mad at me for, for talking about it because she, she totally admits it. The very first class we talked about the structure of the Bible and how we got it. Oh, wow. Okay. Now this was a lifelong person who's been in the church for their life and she's in her forties. Okay. Okay. She had never, never heard that the Bible was not, it, they, she always believed that the Bible was a book, Okay. which it is. A book, yes. but it's a collection of works. Yep. She had never been confronted with that reality. Really? Yeah. Huh. And by the time we got done, she pulled me aside, just the very first class. Uh-huh. She pulled me aside in the first class. She goes, um, I, I need you to understand something. I am really struggling right now. She goes, I was a lot happier bef- when when I came in the door than, than I am right now. She goes, I'm not even sh-. And this is what she said. She goes, I'm not even sure if I'm a Christian right now. Oh, my word. And I, and of course I laughed, which she didn't, she didn't find very, yeah, like, what is, what's going on? And I said, look, I'll, I'll promise you this. What you thought you knew in ignorance, if you stick it out, what you thought you knew in ignorance, you will know with absolute surety and you will be able to explain it by the time we're done with this class. Wow. Now, right now, she is one of the most successful small group leaders that we have. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. That's great. Yep. Yep, very, she's very well respected and she has a, she has a wonderful mind for scripture. Mm-hmm. She also has an incredible heart for helping people find the truth and stepping into understanding and out of ignorance. Oh my gosh, that's you know? fantastic. But it never would have happened mm-hmm. if I didn't destroy that, that little belief of hers, you know. <laughs> I was so happy when I didn't know anything. But those are those, those are those, those, really pe- those moments in your life and those Chris Roseboro moments where you're just mm-hmm. like, you know what? You suck. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't ever want to hear you again, but I'm going to tune in next uh-huh, week, you know. Exactly. But that's, we, we have to be able to do that. No matter what side of the fence you, you, mm-hmm. you, you fall on, you know. And then, I, I think the more we do it honestly, I think the more we begin to realize that, you know, no matter where you are, whether or not you're a Pentecostal or not you're, you know, or charismatic or Baptist or Methodist mm-hmm. or whatever, um, even though there is so much compromise within the church today, People don't have to believe exactly what I believe. Exactly. To, to, to have an, an honest, yeah, brother and sister in Christ, honest faith and relationship with Christ. Um, there's, there, but there are certain truths that we cannot step away from. Absolutely. You know, and we gotta find our common ground there. And then the rest of it is, you know, whether or not you're like Italian or Mexican. I mean, it's, it's about, it has about that much value. You I know? like both. Uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I can, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I'll eat whatever's put in front of me. Uh, you know, and, Obviously. uh, yeah, yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> But those are, those are the important parts of our faith. You know, when we, when we, we can get so wrapped up in our corner mm-hmm. of the church that we forget the church is a lot bigger than us. You know, and Jesus is a lot bigger than us. And mm-hmm. I think half the time, I think half the time when, if God is looking down on his church, I think half the time he's face pumped. You know, he's just like, oh my gosh, what is, what is, uh-huh. what, is what is going on? You know? And uh, and I think a lot of that has to do with how much we want to declare something that he has never said. Mm-hmm. We want to believe something that that he tells us. You no, know, it's like pe- the people who keep saying that this is when Jesus is coming back. Mm-hmm. 
even though the Bible says no one knows. knows. Not yeah. even the angels know. Yeah. You know, no, God has told me exactly when he's coming in. No, he hasn't. My special revelation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it just gets so nuts. But then it's that, it's that same thing where, uh, we come to those moments where we realize that something that we've held dear for so long yeah. is it's just a true. pile of nonsense. Yep. Yeah. And it just, uh, it's very heartwarming. <laughs> Yeah. God is patient. Yeah, he is. That you is know? good. But for, for me, um, uh, dealing with, with Bethel. So when I first encountered Bethel, it was, um, the very first thing about Bethel that I, that I uh, came in contact with was, was Jesus culture music. Yeah. You know, and I didn't know where they came from. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything. You know, uh, I just, I enjoyed the music. I enjoyed the, uh, uh, it had that kind of old vineyard sort of, sort of feel, but with a modern twist yeah, to it. You know, it was, it was stuff. yeah, you know, it was, it was very, it was, it was very comfortable, easy to play. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I thought the lyrics were very, were very genuine and people, they were very celebratory. Mm-hmm. It was, it was great, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, then I got, I heard they were part of, uh, part of Bethel Church. I had no idea what that was. Right. You know? And, uh, uh, you start listening to it and I would start pulling up their, their videos online, you know? Mm-hmm. I was a young pastor at the time. I think I've been pastoring for a year or so. And, um, uh, I went down to a pastor's conference at Elam. Mm. It was like uh, that week long pastor's yeah. conference. I had guest speaker, Bill Johnson. Oh my. Yeah. Uh, it was actually Bill Johnson and, um, Robert Morris. Oh, wow. You know, so, and, and some of Jesus culture was there, mm-hmm. you know, and so we're, uh, we're, we're, we're there and I'm listening to him preach and, um, I'm listening to the music and as it's going, you know, and conference, Mentality is a little different, you know. Mm-hmm. Things happen different at, con- at conferences, but I'm listening to this guy to this guy speak, and everyone is just in awe. And I heard nothing the entire time. I mean, he preached for three straight days, or five days of teaching, three straight days he he preached, and I heard nothing that had any value to it. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, you know what? Maybe I mean, he's a room full of pastors, you know. You know, obviously he's obviously he's got to be doing something right. Look yeah. at how God has blessed his sure. ministry, mm-hmm. you know, and, and other lies we tell ourselves. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I just kind of kind of brushed it off. And uh, at the very last night that he spoke, he was talking about a series of miracles that he had been that that he had brought about. Oh. And that caught my attention. Oh, yes. I'm like, okay, and like you could hear a pin drop. Sure. You know, everyone just, just, yeah, just right there. And it was, Mm -hmm. it was like, oh man. And he talked about being on an airplane and praying for, praying for someone and they got healed. And then they prayed for everyone on the airplane. Everyone was speaking in tongues. Everyone was healed. It was just amazing. And I'm thinking, Hmm. I'm relatively certain if that had happened somewhere, that would have made the news. Uh You know, if a bunch of sick people get on a plane, but the plane is is stalled, you know, and they all had to get off and get on a different plane or whatever, and they were yeah. on there for hours, and that's why he started doing this. But, like, all the people, like, in wheelchairs and stuff, like, walking off the plane, somebody would have noticed yes. this. So I was like, you know, okay. But I've heard that so many times sure. that I just kind of blew it off. Yeah. And then you know, kind of went back to my normal my normal routine and started seeing um, Bethel worship mixes on YouTube. Okay. You know, so got, uh, got associated, got connected with, um, I started listening to Stephanie Gretzinger, Mm -hmm. you know, um, uh, Amanda Black, Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's her name, but listening to some of the music and seeing the intensity of it, you know, and then we started doing these things here at the church we called Expressions Worship Nights because I was watching the videos and they were like painting on the stage, you know, people would dance Mm -hmm. and, you know, using flags and stuff. And I thought, 
Interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, because worship is not just music. No. You know, it's not just singing. So there is a, there, so all of that stuff has a valid place. 100%, you yeah. know, pr- prophetic artwork, yeah. whatever. I know some people lay roll their eyes at that, you know, whatever, but I have seen God use those things, yes, you know, and, uh, and I thought, why not create a space for that? Mm-hmm. So we started doing these expression and worship nights and all of that music was part of it. Okay. You know, and just started, started, Started with it and it was, they were all always awesome. Yeah. You know, and I, I would, I would still do them. I just sure. haven't, you know, with COVID, everything changed. <laughs> sure. You know, and, uh, so we, uh, we started listening to these things and then I started paying attention to the teaching behind it. Mm-hmm. Listening to, to little things. Okay. Hearing people quoting Bill Johnson mm-hmm. and, his name was coming up all over the place, you know? Yep. And, uh, then I got a hold of his book, um, uh, when heaven invaded, when heaven invades earth. Mm-hmm. And then, um, physics of heaven came out. Oh boy. Yeah. And at the same time, I, I got connected with, uh, I started bumping into on, uh, online. I started bumping into Spencer Smith and Chris Rosebro and revealing truth. And, yeah. and they would say this and then they go, you know what? You're right. But you know what? You're probably just being too hard on these uh-huh. people. I mean, after all, you're a Calvinist. So <laughs> I mean, obviously you're not that spiritual. So maybe, maybe it's, this is just apples and oranges, you know, whatever. And, and I did what so many of us charismatics do. I just blew it off just because, because you didn't, they didn't understand. They don't have the mature revelation we do. Yeah, you know, people who have no fire call all fire strange fire. You know, um, actually, I think that's a quote from Bill Johnson. Um, Yikes. Yeah. You know, we and, have an altar call right now. Yeah, you know, but I I started paying attention more to um, to clips. Mm-hmm. You know, and these were these were Bethel clips. They weren't they weren't manufactured from right. someone. These are ones that Bethel was putting out. And I came across the one where um, where he said. Uh, uh, talking about um, uh, the Holy Spirit and the necessity of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and I came across the phrase, um, "We forget that it's not Father, Son, and Holy Bible; hmm. it's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit." And he said, "You know, while the while the the Scripture is the Scripture, and what it co- really comes down to is the is the Holy Spirit." And like everything in me just like went Ooh, recoiled. Yeah, definitely. Like hold, you know, like hold on, this this is from the platform. Uh-huh. This is, this is not something you say to someone in a, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a side room in a quiet conversation. <laughs> this was from the platform. This, so this is standard doctrine mm-hmm. for them. And, and it made me hit the brakes on everything. And I thought, okay, I need to know more about what, what, what is this that I'm hearing? Mm-hmm. You know, and so I started looking into it. I started paying, I started actually reading through the book when heaven in, invades earth. And I found, uh, uh, quotes in there like, um, uh, Jesus did not, the, the, the central point, I'm going to quote this wrong, but I'll, I'll get, I'll put the actual quote up somewhere in the video where Jesus did not, the central purpose of Jesus coming to earth was not salvation. Salvation was only a necessary step in the process. The real goal of Jesus coming was to fill each believer with the Holy Spirit. Yikes. And when you read that, and this is like one of his, one of his first books. Right. I mean, so this is like, this is like foundational right. theology. So I started reading more and listening more and I realized that this is actually the goal. The goal is not submission and salvation through faith. The goal was power and authority mm-hmm. 
And that's when I started learning about Dominion mm-hmm. theology, yep. the Seven Mountain Mandate, yep. like all of the, all of this stuff uh, behind it. And I realized, and, th- and this may, you know, uh, for any of you who might be listening, you may have you may have an, a, a visceral reaction to this. Mm-hmm. It's when I realized that that Bill Johnson was not preaching the gospel. He wasn't even teaching the Bible. He was preaching theism. Mm-hmm. Or the theism or deism. They're basically the same thing, but, right. but, uh, you know, someone will argue with me on that, but it doesn't matter. Um, he was teaching a, a, an idea of spirituality. Mm-hmm. You know, there was nothing about repentance, forgiveness of sin, oh, nothing. And I, I have still never, and I've looked for him, I've never heard Bill Johnson talking about salvation through repentance and the forgiveness mm-hmm. of sin. It's never that. It's always about finding your gift, finding right. your spiritual authority, you know, coming to this place of understanding mm-hmm. in, in God. And there's nothing in scripture to support any of that stuff. We're actually warned against looking against at, uh, at right. looking at that. And, um, so the more I started looking into that, I realized, you know, oh my gosh, not only have I been supporting this, mm-hmm. I have been pushing people oh to that teaching. And if scripture is true, which it is, uh-huh. and as a teacher we are judged more oh, harshly, shit. it was a very eye-opening uh-huh. experience when you start to realize this guy is declaring that scripture is not only not inerrant, it is no, not actually, it's not even sufficient. You know, when I heard him do, I heard him do a message where he talked about having the courage to go off the map. And mm-hmm. what that means is that the Bible is only the starting point. Mm-hmm. And so for the, uh, for the believer who wants the authority and the, and the power in their life, mm-hmm. you have to be willing to go beyond scripture. Oh boy. Yeah. So there's, so like there's this more on the other side of it. And that's where like the book, The Physics of Heaven, mm-hmm. which we will, we will be getting into oh, that yeah. in, in coming episodes. The idea is that there is a level of spirituality that is available to the believer mm-hmm. that is outside the realms of Christianity, and we need to reclaim that authority and those practices into our lives, even though mm-hmm. the Bible specifically condemns them mm-hmm. as being anti-God. And so, right. But you have to risk going beyond the Word of God mm-hmm. to find the real power of God. Which is funny because that is exactly what got us into this mess to begin with. Agreed. You know, if if Adam and Eve had just listened to the word of God, did God the, really say? Well, and, and when you think about it, the initial temptation of the of the serpent in the garden was to go off the map, mm-hmm. was to go beyond the word of God. See, there's something that's there, and if you just go past it, mm-hmm. you will be like God. Knowing good and evil. And that's the same holding something from you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so we need to be able, we need to be willing to risk going further to find that thing, which is the very sin that separated man from God. Mm -hmm. And, but we think that that's going to bring us closer to Mm -hmm. God. What a big ball of arrogance, you know, but we, we do it with this like smile on our face. Mm -hmm. Like, this is so awesome. Mm -hmm. But it is, it's, it's just wrong. Right. You know, and the problem is he is so, Bethel is so deeply tied to the charismatic movement mm-hmm. today that when you bring this stuff up, people wig out, yeah. you know, exactly. like I, I, I'll, 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 well, I will, we'll finish this session. This is a lot. This is going to be cut up into pieces. So, um, 
when I first started getting, first started, first decided to begin speaking out about this, this was a number of years ago. I, uh, I went to a meeting and I'll just, I'll just say I went to a meeting okay. and I was asked to share at the meeting. And so I brought the, the book, uh, when heaven invades earth and I put a brown paper bag cover on it. <laughs> Clever. Yeah. And I said, you know, guys, I want to, I want to talk about, um, you know, theology and, and, and like guarding the gate and, you know, what is our real, our role as pastors, you know, and I said, I want to share some things with you. And I read sections of the book, mm-hmm. like the section I talked about earlier, yep. how Jesus did not come for salvation and, right. and, and other sections. Everyone at the meeting, everyone agreed. This is heretical. Mm-hmm. This is, this is unsupportive. We cannot, we cannot agree with this in any way, shape, or form. This is dangerous teaching. This is nothing that should ever be allowed within the church. Mm-hmm. Okay, then I took the cover off the book. And they saw what it was. They saw who it was from. Uh-huh. And immediately, and I mean immediately, everybody there began to defend. Oh, my. With And like I said, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm trying to be very careful right. on this, but universally, all of these church leaders, and these were all church leaders, mm-hmm. began to defend... Bill Johnson and basically saying, I'm misrepresenting him. Um, I obviously am taking these things out of context. Now I'm, I'm, all I did was read the entire section, you know, and, and, uh, you know, this, this can't be the way that the way it is, you know, look at the fruit from that ministry. Look at the way the spirit is used in that ministry. This, this cannot be right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one person actually got pretty bent out of shape about it. Um, you know, like how dare I, you know, um, but uh, one person even said, "Well, if we got rid, I'm like obviously this is bad teaching, but if we got rid of, if we got rid of Bethel, where would we get our music from?" Oh boy! Yeah, <laughs> like okay, so that's, that's if you write good music, you can teach bad theology. This is this is great. Yeah, you know? sure that's not in scripture. Anymore. Yeah, and, and and like like and in my mind, I'm thinking this is what's wrong with the charismatic church. We're unwilling to critically look inside and see our, uh, see the glaring mm-hmm. issues. And doctrine matters. Mm-hmm. Theology matters. And, uh, when we're, when we're pushing this kind of garbage because we're getting something out of it, right. you know, like, well, you know, we got some, we got good music out of this. So what? We got good music out of the eighties too. Yeah. I don't want to go back. Right. Some days. I don't know. <laughs> Some days I might want to go back. If I can, if I'm a Christian, I'll be willing right, to go back. Right, I don't want to go right. back as a non-Christian because no, it was not, not good it was, times. Yeah, it was interesting. <laughs> you know, but we, 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 we do, we have this battle back and forth, mm-hmm. but we just re- refuse to let go of what is clearly bad theology and like deeply flawed theology. Right. And I'm not talking about like, oh, you know, they use hymns and we use guitars. Like that's no, not what no. we're talking about. We're talking about like faith in Christ versus mm-hmm. versus faith in me, kind of kind of kind of kind of differences, and uh, but because the music and Bill Johnson actually states this himself, we created Jesus culture to be used as a platform to bring their revival theology to the rest of the world, oh my and it worked. Yeah. And so much of the charismatic church, my group, mm-hmm. my people. Are totally unwilling yep. to uh, to to examine it critically Critical eye, uh, yep. to to the point where we look at you know what I cannot support this you know and I think it was three or four years ago I, I looked into um, so here here at our church we no longer do Bethel music okay. um, or any music 
that is under the Bethel music title. Mm -hmm. And the reason is, um, we abide by the law. Right. <laughs> so we, we pay for the CCLI license, oh, yeah. uh, which is the, it's the right thing to do. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, there's no way that CCLI can actually sue you, right. but at the, at the end of the day, um, yes, we're borrowing music from, from these other, other, other people and they deserve to be compensated for that. Absolutely. So, you know, so we pay for that. And when you do that, uh, basically what you do is every year we have to submit a list of songs that we use. Mm -hmm. So as a worship leader, you have to submit that song to CC, that list to CS, CCLI, uh, and then the money is dispersed accordingly. Right. You know, they don't just give it to people whose songs are never used. And so uh, when I looked into it, I looked into uh, basically what my research was, how much money does Bethel, does Bethel's media ministry, their books, their music and everything, how much does it generate for them every year? And the year that I looked into it, it was $82 million. Wow. $82 wow. million. Now, some of that money goes back to the artists. Sure. Fine. Um, you know, to pay for staff and things like that, whatever, but it's still $82 million. So the, 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 the Christian church is financing a worldwide movement of bad theology wow. that is not leading people to Christ. Mm -hmm. It is leading them to a false Christ. Mm -hmm. Which is the most dangerous thing, mm -hmm. you know. If people don't come to the truth, then they will follow a lie, and they're following a lie, and they're doing it in the in the name of uh, in, in the name of salvation. And when they stand before God, what are they going to say? Mm -hmm. You know, God, of course you got to let me in. I listened to Bethel music, and, and God's going to say, "Who?" <laughs> you know, I don't know those guys. No. You know, and, and it's it just becomes it just becomes horrible. So we have to. We have to come back to a deeper understanding of what it is our goal is. And our goal is not to support a church. Mm -hmm. No. You know, our goal is to support the gospel message. And when, if the gospel is removed or diluted or changed or altered in any way, we are in serious trouble. Mm -hmm. And that I think is what's happening with, with a huge portion of the, of the charismatic church is that we've moved the gospel We've moved the gospel message away from repentance mm -hmm. and into acceptance. Yeah. You know, God, yeah. lo God, lo and it's it's like that. Uh, he gets us movement. Yep. You know, oh, God gets us. Y yes, He does. Mm -hmm. um, but that doesn't mean He's one of us. No. <laughs> you know. You know. Born. Yeah. You know. He's He's just like us. No, He's not. <laughs> it's not the way this not the way this works. You know, God God accepts me just the way I am. Mm -hmm. That's, that's, it's a lie we tell ourselves. <laughs> exactly. He may take us the way we are, but he will not leave us the way we are. So our goal is to change, you know, and that change is according to, to the word of God and according to scriptures. And that's, that's our only, that is our only allegiance. I think, know, it, is, sorry, I think that's the issue we have a lot of is we refuse to look at scripture critically and we force our, when we come to the scripture, we, Come with a preconceived notion that our politics, our social views, <laughs> our theology is what's there. So we read it into the verses we read instead of coming at it from an objective standpoint saying, am I right? Am I thinking correctly? Mm -hmm. Examine my heart. Give God permission to examine your heart through the scripture that you, you open your heart to what he has to say, not say, I believe this, so it's gotta be true, and I'm gonna prove it. Mm -hmm. We gotta come with an open heart saying, is, show me who you are, Lord. Speak to me, my heart, correct me, see if there's any wicked way in me. 
That's that yeah. should be the goal when we come to Scripture, not this is who I am, God. Now prove it. Thanks again for joining us here today. I hope you really enjoyed that. This was our, my first time recording with Jose, so it was a lot of fun. We've got a number of other ones coming up uh, coming up down the road that will be released in the coming weeks. And, uh, yeah, I hope you liked them. Make sure you come back and join us. Like and subscribe, share, and uh, we'll see you then. Take care. Bye-bye.